This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, coming off the heels of a fantastic weekend. Divisional round of the playoffs, four games long, four games strong. All outstanding games. Cincinnati knocks off the Tennessee Titans. Saw San Francisco advance beating Green Bay. Saw Tampa Bay take an L to the Rams. And then the nightcap, Kansas City, comes through in overtime, knocking off the Buffalo Bills. And what a fantastic weekend. I'm telling you, I uh, it's so funny. I was doing a radio show on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon for ESPN and the conversation was Adam Schefter's tweet about this is going to be the best weekend of, of football action. And I kept thinking, well, there's probably other good good weekends out there. This might not be the best. I mean, it looks great on paper, but, you know, there's always there's bound to be a dud or two. Like we saw a super wild card weekend. The Raiders and Bengals, I thought, was a great game. The rest of the weekend, pretty much a dud. I know the Cowboys, since they played with their food and found a way to almost win and then almost lose. And the way they did lose and just the the whole shenanigans that the Cowboys played in, that was a weird style game. But it wasn't as good as the, the Raiders and Bengals game. But really, the rest of the weekend was not all that great. But last weekend, this last weekend, we're just coming off of right now. Man, come on. <laughs> that was one of the best. And DeMond, I'm not here to rub salt into the wounds. I'm not going to do that. It's not my style. Um, I, I know what it's like when when your team has high expectations and take an L a little earlier than than normal. But how are you feeling? Even though Tennessee lost, how are you feeling just about the weekend that we just saw? Well, first, let me address those Titan allegations. I was getting beat up on Twitter <laughs> all day on Saturday. Allegations? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what I allegations? Be, I, was beat up. I was getting beat up all day on Twitter. And, you know, I was trying to respond to a couple like, ha, ha, ha. I even got a text on Saturday. Your, tor- your Titans are the worst. Thumbs down emoji. Just lost $400 betting on their sorry asses. <laughs> well, and that, and that came to me. Yeah. But it was great to watch. Right. Just had to get that out of the way first. You know, everybody, you know, who believed in me about the Titans winning, I thought they were going to win. I, I believed in them too, but I was wrong. I didn't believe in Ryan Tannehill. And I also, the only other question I had was how good Derrick Henry was going to look. You know, I mean, the guy hadn't played since week eight. He had five screws in his in his foot. And he had a metal plate in his cleat. So you really couldn't expect him to be the dude that he was when he, before he got injured. But I'll say this. Deontay Foreman was running his tail off. Probably should have got the rock a little bit more than they gave him. And I know they want to, if you have Derrick Henry, you want to use him. But they might have gone to that well too much. And they also might have gone to the well that is Ryan Tannehill way too much. Tannehill, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, he's different. He's not the same guy that he was in Miami. Mm. And the same guy from Miami showed up. Yep. Oh, throwing ducks. Just I've never seen a quarterback throw so many passes that are easily tipped or right. just, oh, man, he just wants the he's ball. Their yep. He's their weakest link. He's their weakest link. And you're then not you got win Jimmy a lot of games. G on the other end. You watch Jimmy G, and he's their weakest link. But he know he knows how to do so well, little. The, the rest of the get team, the, job done. the yeah. rest of the team, stepped up and helped him out. But I mean, going back to Tennessee, you sack a quarterback nine times, you got to win that game. Nine times. 
One of the questions that I threw out there on my podcast today, and this is not a, uh, uh, there's no, I hate when I say stuff like this because everyone thinks it's a direct shot at Derek Carr or at the Raiders or whatever. But if Derek Carr gets sacked nine times, are the Raiders winning that game? No, I mean, I'm asking. No. Okay. Oh, you're asking me? No, because yeah. I listen to the podcast. Right. Well. Yeah, you said then you like, most you don't think quarterbacks, Most quarterbacks won't. You know what I mean? So for Joe Burrow to find a way to still step up in the pocket and make the throws he had to th- make, that was impressive. I was very impressed. And we'll give those props to the quarterbacks throughout the uh, course of the show. Matter of fact, I got to give some props to Matt Stafford, a guy. And I'm sure Tom will hit us up on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 because a guy that I really kind of gave the business to throughout the course of the year, even before the season started, Matt Stafford. Tell you what, he stepped up and made some big-time throws when he needed to. Made some big-time throws when he needed to. So I, I got to give him some props, but I'll do that a little bit later on in the show. I don't want to go ahead and, you know, shoot off the, the, whole, uh, the whole chamber immediately. You know, I don't want don't to just start firing from the hip immediately. Got a lot coming up on today's show over the course of the next couple hours. At 2.30, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic, he's going to join us. He's going to talk about... Ed Dodds. Ed Dodds is a guy who, in fact, because Vic Tafer from The Athletic as well, his colleague at The Athletic, put out over the weekend that Ed Dodds is, in fact, coming in to interview with the Raiders. Now, that was a guy I had a question about. He's a guy that a lot of people in Raider Nation are excited about and want him to get the GM job because he has Raider ties. I know a lot of people don't know a whole lot about him, but we've been trying to do on this show and this station, Raider Nation Radio 920, we've been trying to educate People and ourselves, because look, I'm not going to sit there and go, hey, I knew exactly who Ed Dodds was and what he brings to the table. I had to do some research, too. But as I'm doing research, I want to be able to bring it to the table so you get to know who these potential candidates are. So I know we we talked to J.J. Stankovitz last week from Colts.com about Ed Dodds, but Zach Kiefer put out a piece on him back in 2019. Back in 2019, he was getting a lot of love and a lot of different teams wanted him and were pursuing him and were saying he was the next great thing as far as the GM goes. And the piece that that uh, my man put out, Zach put out on on The Athletic about Ed Dodds was great. If you have an opportunity to check it out, read it. It is really good. It really kind of lets you know the kind of guy he is. He is a no-nonsense, no BS. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's going to tell it what it is. When everyone was giving the Colts a lot of props, he's like, yeah, but we ain't done nothing yet. We ain't done nothing yet. We won one wild card game. What does that mean? Like, I, I, I just love the approach. And that was back in 2019. So I can only imagine that he's matured, he's continued to develop. So I wanted to get Zach, and I had hit him up last week, but he was dealing with some issues and he, wasn't, he didn't have time to join us. So he's going to join us at 2.30 to talk about that piece that he put out back in 2019 and also Ed Dodds, just the guy in general, and what he would mean to the Raiders if they were able to land him. If, he, in fact, he is a guy that Mark Davis says, you know what, yeah, I think that you'd be the right guy for the job. We're going to hire you as the GM, and we'll also ask him what that means for the head coaching position. You know, who would be on Ed Dodd's list? Of course, everyone's like, oh, Ed Dodd's got to be Jim Harbaugh. Well, we broke down that last week. DeMond was uh, all over Jim Harbaugh. He was, uh, he was on him tough. So that's the name that he's tired of hearing. So obviously there's other guys out there. And look, I'll tell you right now, I'm sure Ed Dodd's has a short list. That'll be one of the questions I asked Zach. I'm sure he has a short list because it's not all about Harbaugh. That's the nice name. That's the one everyone's familiar with. Don't mean he's the best guy for the job. Those talks of his name has fizzled out a little bit over the yeah. weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard as much this weekend. Well, and that's good. That's I'm good. just saying, you know, because it was. I, I understand that you want the best candidate, right? You know, if you could get a time machine and get the best coach, you'd want to pick the best coach in history to lead your team. 
but it's just oh Jim Harbaugh this like he was the second coming. It's just like right. pump the brakes. I got you. I got you. So we'll we'll ask him about the short list that uh, Ed Dodds possibly has if he has one, and I'm sure he does. But that's something that we'll ask Zach coming up at two thirty when he joins the show. And then at three o'clock, our only other guest for the show today is Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas. He's been joining us each and every week throughout the course of the the season. Want to pick his brain about what he saw this weekend as far as the NFL goes? Uh, what does that mean for the Raiders? How far are they? Because, again, something I talked about on the podcast today, those are the teams that they're going to be competing with for years to come if they want to make a deep playoff run. I'll tell you this. I think if the Raiders had beat Cincinnati last week, I think they could have gone to Tennessee and won. I think it would have been a close game just like it was. And this is, again, not a shot at DeMond. I think they had a chance to win. But looking at the other side, Buffalo or Kansas City, I don't think they had a shot to win either one of those games. You say that, and I'll just take it back to what you said earlier. Nine sacks. I don't think that that Raider offensive line. Well, that's true. That's Simmons true. He like, you know, they, the, if they, they gave up nine sacks, Derek Carr ain't winning that game. Exactly. Right. They still would have feasted on either offensive line, I think. Right. But, yeah, probably would have been a close game. I if, think it would have been a close game. But it's, it's a closer matchup than it would have been with KC or Buffalo in my Oh, of course. You know, that, that's, that's what I mean by that. I, I don't, I don't want to sound disrespectful like, oh, they would have beat Tennessee. But, no, I, I think it would just would have been an easy, uh, even, even more even matchup than it would even be. Even a Titans fan, I'm a Titans fan. And I know the Titans wouldn't have been able to do what either Mahomes or Allen did last that night. That was something. Tannehill ain't doing that. Wasn't that, that was, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he can't get out there and, and sling it like that. Fourth down and getting into the end zone multiple times like that. That's special. That was special. I'm not, I'm not a big Josh Allen guy. Me either. But that was special. That was absolutely a special thing, and then the coach went and specialed it up. Screwed it all up. 13 seconds. <laughs> just completely crapped the bed. You know, it's like you have that O-blank moment, then you really have that O-blank moment. I'll tell you right now, I was at a restaurant last night watching the end of the game, me and the family. We were watching the end of the game, and once I saw that Buffalo went up with 13 seconds left, I was like, you know what? Order me another margarita. It's going to be a fun night tonight. You know, I'm like, I'm going to drink this margarita, go back to the house, do some do some work, order that margarita. I got the margarita. That's when Kansas City got down the field and, and kicked the, the game tie and field goal. And I thought, oh, this game's over. KC's going to win this game. So that margarita didn't taste as great after after uh, <laughs> after that happened. Because, of course, I wanted Buffalo to win the game. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I wanted Buffalo to win. I didn't want Kansas City to go to their fourth straight AFC championship game. But here we are. So what were you? What, what you just thought it was over? Yeah, I thought they run by three points with thirteen seconds. You're I, damn right. I thought it was over. They left so did much, they. No, I think they. I thought they left too much time on the clock. No, they screwed themselves up. They didn't. They did not have situational football the way it should have been played. First of all, you don't kick the ball into the end zone. You don't do that. You do not allow them to not take any time off the clock and get to the twenty-five. So you squib it. You make them do something. Take a couple seconds off, and then you don't play prevent defense. You don't. You don't give them a free release. Make them do something. Get a five-yard penalty. Do a holding penalty on purpose. Get a five-yard penalty. It takes more time. Then they got a Hail Mary from like the 35. I would rather take my chances doing that than that. And I, I don't want to hear nothing about no overtime either. I don't know why anyone's crying about overtime rules all of a sudden. Everyone cried when it was, you know, uh, well, first team to score wins. Everyone, oh, it's not fair. It's not fair. You know why they did that or when they did that? When the Chiefs lost in the playoffs. And they thought, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't get a chance to get the ball. So they changed the rule. No, it was instituted before that, right? Like, no. It, it wasn't like, it no. Wasn't, it, before that, that, it was before before they changed the rule, it was the first team to score. Yeah, so that field goal. A I, field goal won it. I, I thought, and then when Patrick Mahomes, it was Patrick Mahomes, and I want to say it was P- Patrick Mahomes and Brady, yep. were going back and forth with each other. And Patrick Mahomes didn't get a chance to get the ball because Kansas City couldn't stop uh, the, the Patriots from scoring. And then all of a sudden, they, won the, they went and changed the rule. So now... 
You have to just stop them from getting a touchdown. So stop them from getting a touchdown, especially when you got a great defense like Buffalo does. It wasn't great yesterday. <laughs> it wasn't great yesterday. Oh, well, it wasn't fair. Josh Allen didn't get a chance. What's fair? What's fair? And then it's all this all this strategizing, like, oh, maybe changing overtime. Maybe the coaches just need to be a little bit better. The players need to be a little bit better. Yes. They don't have a chance to get the ball. Maybe kick an onside kick and recover it. That way you eliminate they gotta that. Do, they you gotta can do, do something. something. You gotta do something. You shouldn't have got to you shouldn't have got to overtime to begin yes, with. Exactly. Shouldn't you have been overtime. Minutes. Exactly. Should have never been in overtime. You have 13 seconds left. All you gotta do is defend 13 seconds. That should never happen. Never. I promise you it should have never happened. But Buffalo found a way to, well, mess it up. And Kansas City's back into the AFC championship game. So uh, we got a lot to talk about coming up on today's show. Again, at 2.30, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic. He'll join us. Then Ed Graney at 3 o'clock uh, from ESPN Las Vegas in the Review Journal. He'll join us as well. And, of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I got one question that I want to bring to the table, and then I have a comment that I want to make. First, the question. At the beginning of the season, when the schedule was released, and now we know the opponents that the Raiders are going to be playing in 2022, but before the 2021 season actually started, when the schedule was released and you looked at it on paper, Obviously, without knowing the results, if I could tell you, Damon, you're going to go to one Raider game this season. I'm going to make sure that you don't have to worry about money. Your tickets are good. I got you. Don't worry about it. You're going to go to this game and just enjoy it. If I told you that at the beginning of the season, what game would you pick? And then now that the season's over and a wrap, don't don't tell me the playoff game because I, I get it. everyone want to go to the playoff game. Now that you know how all the games unfolded, what game would you have preferred to pick? Oh, my answer would have been the same at the beginning of the season okay. as it is now. Okay. The first game. The the Monday night football yeah, is Monday night game against the Ravens because I want to see Lamar. Yeah. I want to see what he did. Okay. I didn't think it was going to be one of the best games of the season. Right. But still, like mm-hmm. if you would have told me, hey, first game with fans in, that electricity, Monday night nah, football. That's a good point. Yeah. That, like, I, that would have been point. worth the price of admission right there alone. Yeah. And now looking back on it, oh, they did get the win. Overtime, Zay Jones. Right. Oh, man, the electric people were like, this season's going to be something special just off of that first win. So even to have those memories. Still, that, that's still going to be my answer. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I, I didn't think about it from that point of view. I, I did think about that first one because it was Monday Night Football and all eyes are on you, so that's that's exciting. Uh, I'll say this. I would have picked, because we go to Allegiant Stadium all the time, I think that I would have taken my, well, we're spoiled because we just go there all the time for work. So I would have picked my first game just looking at it. I would have said, hey, I want to go to that that Thanksgiving game, the Cowboys and, and Raiders, because it's in Dallas. It's a road trip. Again, you're not worrying about the expenses. You just you get to pick any game you want to go to. I would have picked that one because it's special. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, the, hey, look, and, and at that point of the, you know, before the season actually started, I thought the Raiders had a chance to win that game. By the time that game came around during the regular season, I didn't think the Raiders were going to win. I thought that was going to be an L, so I actually probably would have tried to trade my tickets <laughs> in and been like, you know, you know, maybe I can go to the next week game, you know, something like that. But I would have picked that one. That would have been my first option right there just to pick it if I'm going to go watch it as a fan just because it's Thanksgiving, it's special. You know, I, I did think that the Raiders had a chance to go into in there and, and win that game, which they ultimately did. Now, looking back at the regular season, how the rest of it unfolded, it has to be that Sunday night game to end the season, right? I mean, it has to be. That that game, even though it kept you on the edge of your seat, I, I and as much as I enjoyed being in the – in the press box watching that game, I told you that my heart was pounding multiple times throughout the course of the game. I would have loved to have been sitting there 
in the black hole or sitting there with a big group of fans that were just losing their blank. You know what I mean? Like, I would have loved to have been in that game, in that environment, with just a big group of fans just losing your mind. That's a good one, too. You know, I mean, because that's for everything that the Raiders went through throughout season. Of course, the beginning of the year, none of us knew that they were going to go through all that. We thought it was going to be a regular season, thought everything was going to be all good. They were going to try to be a playoff team. And obviously, we know how it all shook out. So uh, that's a question that I want to throw out there to you, Raider Nation. At the beginning of the season, if I'm telling you I'm sending you to one game, home or away, doesn't matter. Cost doesn't matter. What game on the schedule would it have been? And now that you look back at it, what game would you want to have gone to? 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword r We already got a few texts in. Now, one other thing I wanted to address real quick on the opening drive. We know that there's going to be head coaches that are going to come in for potential interviews with the Raiders. We've heard multiple guys. We know Rich Basaccia, the interim head coach, has already interviewed. We know that inside linebackers coach Gerard Mayo from the Patriots, he's coming in. D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator from the 49ers, he's coming in. All people that are very qualified to be the head coach. The one thing I hate, and I understand that the NFL is trying to do everything they can to make this, make the wrong a right, or what, the, what looks like a wrong a right, which is get my, more diversity in coaching. But the one thing I hate, Jim Caldwell, remember last week there was, the, there was the, the rumor and the report that he turned down the Raiders, and what did everyone say? What did everyone say? When they said the report was out that Jim Caldwell turned down the interview. Well, he knew he was just a Rooney Rule interview anyway. That is what I hate. I get why the Rooney Rule is there. I understand what the purpose of it is. I cannot stand that the people that are getting interviewed are immediately thought of as, well, that's a Rooney Rule interview. Immediately. That is the part where we've got to find a way to move on from that. Because everyone you see, when you see Gerard Mayo's name pop up, oh, he's a Rooney Rule interview. And, or, or you'll see someone like, like a, a name pop up, like a Jim Caldwell. Oh, he qualifies for the Rooney Rule. You know what I mean? It's like, why does it have to have an attachment to it? That's why the Rooney Rule bothers me. Again, I know that it's for reasons. And you brought up some great reasons off the air of why it's in place to kind of keep checks and balances and everything. And it makes sense. But I hate the fact that if they say, oh, well, they're going to bring in Gerard Mayo, oh, he's an interview. He's a, he's a Rooney Rule interview. Well, I think that's just a problem on how you're looking at it. That's the perspective that if you look at it. But and is say, that not what everyone says? That depends on everyone. That's not, that's not what I'm thinking. When I heard the Jim Caldwell thing, right. I, I took it as more people were saying, I was hearing reports that said he knows that one of the jobs that he's that already, already interviewed taken. for, right. that he's probably going to land one of those that. two. I can see that. Because he's a qualified, he's won before, been to right. a Super Bowl head coach. He's not like the young D.C. So when you see Gerard Mayo's name, what did you think? Or what did, what did, what did people, even, even on Twitter, the reports that as soon as you saw that name pop up, what, what did everyone say? Rooney rule. But that's not how I'm looking at it. No, I know you're not. Because I'm, like, I'm okay, not either. If he's a young shot, if he's right. the DC, like Matt, if, if, if players that, um, of other coaches that have had these positions are getting those jobs, right. if it's like, oh, he's a de facto Patriots right. defensive coordinator, right. well, the, the history has shown us that position gets you a head coaching job. Right. And I agree with you. And I don't look at it like that because I look at Gerard Mayo as a guy who's probably qualified. I mean, we talked to, you know, we talked to my guy, uh, Phil Perry from, from Boston last week. And he said, hey, the only thing he doesn't have is a long-term of coaching experience, but he's a guy that's well-respected. We, we, we took the time to research it. You know what I mean? We, we took the time to research the guy, found out what, what kind of coach he is, and we saw what San Francisco did to Green Bay. So we know D'Amico Ryans should be more than qualified. But the unfortunate part is 
when you see the name, it's immediately associated with Rooney Rule. And that's not just with fans. That's not just with people on Twitter, but that's also media outlets as well. And we actually had a, a scenario happen close to us that we know personally. And I know the writer behind it who is a great stand-up dude. I know his family. I know everyone. Wrote a story about D'Amico Ryan's visiting with the Raiders. And in his story, it was inserted not by him, but by someone else in his outlet because, well, you got to say that it's a, you know that this guy makes the uh, Rooney Rule. He, he's, a, he's a Rooney Rule interview. Said, oh, he's black. That didn't even have to be inserted in, this, in the story. It could have just said D'Amico Ryans is coming in to interview and being left alone, right? But instead it says D'Amico Ryans, who is black, is coming in to interview. That shouldn't have to be put into the conversation just to suffice the, you know, because, oh, well, they're, they're, they're following the Rooney rule. Well, I think that the Rooney rule is important that it is in place because, like I said, like if there are no records, if it's just, man, we don't know why there aren't any black head coaches. Or if, when Johnny Cochran, when they were basically threatening to <laughs> sue the NFL right. because, oh, you're telling me Tony Dungy gets fired in Tampa. Um, Dennis Green, is that? Yeah, I've got that yeah, name yeah. right. He gets fired. And we're just, why are these black head coaches that are doing okay jobs and we can look at the data and show that their winning percentage, if you because there isn't that many of them, so a right. small sample size that their winning percentage is higher than white head coaches. Why, why aren't there more? Why are they not getting the opportunities? Why does it seem that they have the shorter leash? Those questions, they are valid, and they should be presented to the NFL to put, you know, put some pressure on the NFL's back on why are there not more black head coaches. Right, but at the end of the day, and I've said this before, you can't force someone to hire someone that they don't want to hire, right? I mean, you can't. Now, you have to have the checks and balances, like you said. You're, you're, like I said, you're spot on. But the thing is, is that it's, it's so important that it has to be pointed out all the time. Why does it have to be pointed out that in this story that D'Amico Ryans is black? And especially by not the guy who wrote the story. That's what's worse. You know what I'm saying? Did they write that for Josh McDaniels? Josh McDaniels, who is white, is coming in to interview. They would never write that. No, because white is the status quo in the NFL. Right, but that's what I'm saying. But it's unfortunate that it has to be inserted into a story, not even by the person that's writing the story. Because then it makes them, someone like me is going to read it and be like, why is that part of the story? And then it makes them feel stupid. It just diminishes when, when, because they have that rule, as soon as you hear that interview, that's immediately what most people think. Oh, that's a really real interview. And that's unfortunate. That's what we're trying to get well, past. I and I'll you- say, and the NFL is doing their job trying to get past that. Hopefully it goes away in a, in a while and we won't have to worry about rules. Hopefully people just get interviewed because they're qualified to get interviewed. But unfortunately. Okay, so let's say in a perfect world, let's say, oh, they take, well, in five, 2025, mm-hmm. there is no more Rooney rule. But then it's just like, man. Brian, Byron left, which still ain't got an interview. He ain't even getting interviews no more. I mean, that's what and they're saying about Eric Bieniemy too. Exactly. So you would just prefer they just like that they could just be blatant with the racism and say we we ain't, we ain't got to hire black coaches if we don't want to. They don't. If they don't want to, they don't. They won't do it anyway. No one could ever force me to hire you if I didn't want to. Yes, but I do feel like that. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? No, you're not. Look at you and say I don't want to hire that. Whatever you want me to say. I'm not going to hire you. It doesn't. I don't think that it needs to be that blatant of racism. But sometimes, like I feel like that there are some candidates that come in. You're not like, wrong. Hey man, like, you're let's not say wrong, but Mike not- Tomlin, where it's just, oh man, this guy's got some good. And in, in college football, Marcus Freeman just got the Notre Dame job. Right. I think that was more. That was a groundswell for like the you know the athletic department. They're gonna like, hey, let's see. He what the was team a DC thinks. there. He was yes. a DC there. But I think they had other they had other candidates on their list. But then I think it was like the team, and then the media was just like, oh, I think you should hire these this guy. And I think it was just not that's so not so much pressure, but it's just like, oh man, we didn't know that we had this good of a candidate. I think they knew how good Marcus Freeman is. He was think, great in Cincinnati. I don't I don't think that Did you know Marcus Freeman in Cincinnati? 
No. I, okay, I that's what, okay the there you go. That's, I just knew him okay, as a DC in Notre okay. Dame. Okay, he was a DC in Cincinnati. He was fantastic in Cincinnati. But do you I not think, think that, that like, with the player, that the, also the players that they have there, where you don't have to worry about transfer portal or anything like that, there isn't going to be almost an insurrection of players. Hey, man, if you keep the DC... I'm staying here. If you're a five-star recruit, you're saying that you don't think that has a part to play it at all? I'm sure that it has, the players I'm, have his back? I'm sure all of that has something to do with it. But they didn't hire Marcus Freeman because the media said that they needed to. They hired Marcus Freeman because he's a damn good coach going back to Cincinnati. He'll be a head coach uh, somewhere else if he doesn't want to stay at Notre Dame. He can, he could write his own check now. He's great. He's been great. He I mean, Cincinnati, he was the dude at Cincinnati. I uh, covered a lot of college ball so that's no why. but the point i'm making is just that sometimes that you just don't know that the black candidate is a good candidate until you Agreed. have to until you have to sit in the room with them i uh, <laughs> i know but if you have to sit in the room with someone you're not going to go into it with the right attitude anyway you're just not there's no there's nothing you could ever tell me that's going to say that someone's going to interview and say oh you know what he surprised me i'm going to go ahead and hire him now no if you go into it with a bad attitude that that guy's not a real guy and you're only checking a box that's what it's going to be it's going to be a box check and that's why, again, all these guys we're talking about are all super qualified. It's unfortunate that they have to have that tag behind them. Oh, D'Amico Ryans coming in for an interview. Oh, and by the way, he, he's, he, he satisfies the Rooney rule. That's what I'm saying. I'm not disagreeing with you. I understand where you're coming from. It's just unfortunate that an interview by somebody is going to get diminished because they're, everyone knows they got to check that box. For example, let me go to the text line. Q, when I heard about Gerard Mayo, I thought Rooney Rule, especially because he's a defensive coach. We all know the Raiders will hire an offensive coach for head coach. Off top. That's the first thing. And then we got another text about that article. Q, when I read that article, I had to take a double take. I was shocked. That's what I'm saying. And that's unfortunate because the, 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 the writer, Vinny, didn't put that in there. He didn't put that in there. His editor did because he thought it was important to satisfy the Rooney rule. That's unfortunate. People get so attached to a certain title in a phrase or something that they have to do. It's, it takes away from that person is just a qualified person going in the interview. You know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense what you're saying. Like in this, in the in the great society that we wish we were living in, that you're not going to be judged by the color of your skin. That it's just, hey man, we can look at the record of the team that you were the OC or the DC for, and we can see that oh, you went to a couple of Super Bowls. Why wouldn't we hire you? Because you're you're clearly qualified. But that's not the world that we live in. So from my perspective, I don't care if you think that I'm just that oh, I'm just going in to check a box. Well, God darn it, let me check all the boxes. So in you're the world. okay. So you don't mind being the the Rooney Rule interview. Not if I think that it's actually going to lead me to get jobs. But what if you don't? They're not just—they're not just bringing in like, uh, let's bring in another quality control coach. They're not. Go back and look at some of them, dog. Okay, but I go back and look at some of them, dog. How many many times has Mike Singletary been interviewed after he bombed in San Francisco? How many times has guys like Leslie Frazier been interviewed, dog? How many times has has T T Martin from the from USC? He's not even USC anymore, but he was at USC. Been interviewed. You know what I mean? Guys that you don't think are going to get the chance to get the job. And I'm not saying they're not qualified because I think that they all are qualified and they all should have an absolute opportunity. But they're getting a lot of these interviews are dummy interviews because they're using the Rooney rule as a, as a checkbox. And it makes the guys that are super qualified look less qualified. That's my that's my whole point. I'm not really disagreeing with you. I don't think I'm that it makes them look less qualified. I think that those qualifications are still there. No matter it if, makes, you, it, if it, someone else comes okay. in. Perception is reality. Let's put it like that. Perception is reality. That's what people are perceiving. Let's put it like that. If that makes sense. You, I, I know what you're saying, but you're, you're not hearing what I'm saying. 
It's taken away from the guys that are super qualified, like a D'Amico Ryans or a Gerard Mayo, that are going to go in an interview because most people, not you, think that they're just a Rooney Rule interview. That's what I'm trying to say. That's it. Hold on. So real quick, let me just ask you this. I know I hear what you're saying. So you think that there would be more black head coaches if there was no Rooney Rule? No. I think it'd be the same. Okay, so you at least have to try to do something. Do you? Yes. I don't think it has it made a difference. Was Tomlin was Tomlin like was he an official Rooney Rule hire? No, Tom Tomlin's been coaching for fifteen. I know, but years. When it was it was still established in that <laughs> oh in that mid two thousand. Tomlin's been coaching for fifteen years, yes. dog. Okay, this wasn't no just just recent. It just okay, and then I don't think you're ever going to hear like any organization say, "Ah, oh, man, we didn't really like the Rooney Rule is the only reason we hired that person." Of course, well, of course they're not going to say exactly. that. So I don't think that there could be any clear, concrete evidence on that. To defend okay. It. All right. You, All t- right. you don't. You don't. You don't. You're not. I am. You're not going to hear saying. me on this. You're not no, going to hear me on it. You're not going to hear me on it. Because obviously, if you're just saying like, oh, get rid of the rule. I'm not saying. Get rid- I'm not saying get rid of the rule. I'm saying it's unfortunate that there's a rule in place because there's names that get thrown out there that are very qualified, but people immediately think of the rule. That's what I'm saying. That's all. You're not hearing me. I you're stuck you. in your zone, and I you won't allow you. yourself to listen. I am hearing you. The best talker is the best listener. I am listening. You're to not. You. You're not hearing me. I just don't feel like we should let the NFL off the hook. I'm not saying let them off the hook. I'm saying it's unfortunate that there's a rule because guys that are very qualified are getting a bad rap because people are assuming that they're Rooney Rule interviews. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying let them off the hook. I'm just saying they're getting a bad look. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm saying. I don't disagree with you. There's a problem. But just making someone interview someone because they're black is not the answer. you got to change the blood that's hiring the people. Like Lotus Broadcasting hired me and didn't think about if I'm black, blue, yellow, purple, or anything. They just said, hey, you know what? He's the best guy for the job. That's all they did. Go look at sports radio. There's not a lot of us, me or you, doing this with what we do. And you know why? Because people are stuck in a certain mode that you have to be cookie cutter. You have to be a certain type of person. You have to have a certain whatever level of education. You had to do this, that, and the other. Outside of guys that are former athletes, how many of us are there? Not a lot. In the state of Texas where I just came from, there's like five. And how, how large is that state? Seriously. No, I, I know. No, Seriously. It's, a, it's the what's population-wise, what, third, second? I mean, yes, it's huge. Three, and there's least. like five of us. That's it. So the point is you just it, – it takes people that have a, a forward thinking to change the problem. It's not you have to put a rule in and we're going to check a box. It's people have to think forward. People have to say, you know, the hell with what he looks like. Can the dude coach? That's what I'm saying. And a guy like D'Amico Ryans could coach. Look what he just did to, to Green Bay. Look what San Francisco's defense been doing. Look at Gerard Mayo. He might not have years of experience, but he's got a little something-something. He could coach. But when you see that name, for the most part, not you, but when most people see that name, they think, oh, he's a Rooney Rule interview. And they, they brush it off. And that's unfortunate. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. 231's the time. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Your boy Q. Joining me now on the phone lines from The Athletic is Zach Kiefer on Twitter at Z Kiefer. Zach covers the Colts like a glove for The Athletic. And, Zach, I wanted to have you on to talk about one of the hottest names in the game right now, and that's Ed Dodds, Colts assistant GM. You, you actually did a piece on him back in 2019. It's getting a lot of uh, action these days. Off top, what could you tell us about Dodds as far as the role he plays alongside Colts GM Chris Ballard, and how important is he to the organization? Yeah, he's huge. He's almost like their secret weapon. He is absolutely Chris Bauer's right-hand man. And Ed Dodds is a no-nonsense, no-BS throwback scout. He is a scout at heart. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's resisted taking a GM job. He's had interviews with the Panthers, the Lions the last couple of years. Um, this is a guy that's going to be selective when he does go and take over a team. Um, but, look, he doesn't beat around the bush. He calls it like he sees it. He's not going to play politics. He's just going to be up front. And I can tell you this, the Raiders organization means a lot to him. It's where he got his start in this league. Al Davis was somewhat of a mentor to him. You know, Dots did not have a prolific playing career, did not play in the NFL. But as he was sort of grinding his way up in the Raiders organization, you know, it was a big deal to him to, to just get in the weight room with Al Davis because Al Davis didn't like to have a lot of different guys in there. But when he would let Dodds in, you know, Dodds just kept his mouth shut and watched Al Davis work. So he reveres the Raiders organization, revered Mr. Davis. And I think that makes this an absolute possibility in the next couple of days and weeks. Yeah, you know, and Vic Tafer, your your uh, colleague at The Athletic, said that Dodds is indeed going to come in for an interview. And I don't know the exact date and or when it's going to happen, but it sounds like that at least that's a, that's a good look for the Raiders because, as you mentioned, he turned down the Bears and Panthers. He's not going to just take any, any job. So this is something that at least intrigues him, in your opinion. Oh, for sure. I think it intrigues him more than a couple other stops. This year and in the past couple of years, like I said, he holds the, the organization in high regard. He revered Al Davis, and that matters to him. And, and look, and I've had these conversations with Dodds over the years. Like, he's smart in the, in the same sense that Ballard is. And the Ballard had opportunities. And I know that he turned down one team because he didn't think the owner was going to give him the time to build the roster the right way. And then when Ballard did come to Indianapolis, he knew that he was going to get patience. Now, Dodds is the, the same way. He saved his money. He told me he doesn't need any more money. He just wants to find the right spot. So this is about winning for him and finding the right owner that's going to believe in what he wants to do and his vision. And, and I don't think Dodds, you know, I think Dodds is going to keep it keep it real in the interview. I think he's going to color, he's going to color it real. He's going to he's going to tell the owner what he thinks of the roster and what he thinks about how he needs to run this organization. And every owner is not going to agree with him. And I just wonder, there might be something in Mark Davis that agrees with him. Um, you know, I grew up in this league learning from Al Davis and watched those great Raiders teams of the past. Talking right now with Zach Kiefer from The Athletic, talking all things Ed Dodds, Colts assistant GM. And as far as a, a Dodds-type player, how would you identify a, a Dodds-type player? Because the Colts have a lot of really good young studs on their squad. Yeah, I mean, the Colts collapsed late in the season, and the Raiders right. know that because they beat him in Week 17. But that's not to say that this team doesn't have a ton of talent. They had the most Pro Bowlers in football this year. With seven, they had the league rushing champ. Dots has his hands all over this roster, all over Jonathan Taylor, Quentin Nelson, those guys. He wants to win with big, ugly, physical guys. And one guy that Dodds was all over that deserves a lot of credit for is Danico Autry. He was mm -hmm. this under-the-radar signing the Colts made a couple of years ago. Obviously, he had come 
from the Raiders. Yep. When the Colts signed him, no one knew who he was. But but Autry was such a good interior player, and they missed him like crazy this season. And that was a Dodge signing. The Colts didn't meet the money this year. They should have because Autry was a menace down there in Tennessee on Saturday against Cincinnati. But um, just a very, very highly respected scout in this league. You ask any personnel man in the league, and they'll tell you Dodds is one of the best talent evaluators out there. You know, a lot of people are putting the like tying it all together. Okay, if Dodds were to go to the Raiders, then maybe that means that Jim Harbaugh is going to go. I, I don't think Harbaugh's leaving Michigan. I'll just put it out there. I think he's going to stay in Ann Arbor. But do you think that Dodds would have a, a short list of guys that he would prefer as far as head coaches go? Oh, for sure, you have to. Not just coaches. You got to have coordinators on the list as well. And I don't know what's feasible. I don't know who's out there. There are some good coaches that are available right now, both from the coordinator aspect and the head coaching aspect, but I can promise you, I can assure you that if Ed Doss is going into these interviews, he has a plan, and that plan starts with who you're going to hire at head coach. And that's sort of the messy thing that not only the Raiders but a couple other teams are dealing with is they're both interviewing head coaching candidates and GM candidates. I don't know how you hire one without hiring the other in accordance, right? right it has right. to work. You have to; Those guys have to work together, and they can't just be hired separately. But I could promise you Dodds has a list, and, and he knows who he wants to go get if he does get the job. It sounds like Dodds is a guy that he wouldn't take a job if the head coach was already in place. You know what I mean? Since since they're looking for potentially both, I don't know if they're going to keep Rich Versace or not. I know he interviewed, but it feels like Dodds would want the order of operations to be he get hired by the owner, and then they collaborate on who the head coach is going to be. Does that sound like something Dodds would do? Yeah, I mean, think about it. If you were waiting and waiting and waiting for years to be a GM, I mean, this guy climbed from D3. Right. He was a low-level assistant coach. If you finally get a chance to run a team, and you've been waiting for this for years, mm-hmm. and you don't get to pick the head coach, right. that's a bad way to start. I think any GM walking into that situation would expect to get the head coach hire, run through their desk. And I, th- I would agree with them. Right. I do, too. Absolutely. I think that's the right order of operations to, to do things. Talking again with Zach Kiefer from The Athletic, talking about Ed Dodds, Colts assistant, GM. So does your gut feeling tell you that some that this is the offseason that Ed Dodds is going to leave the organization, or do you think he sticks around for a while? You know, I think it's the Raiders or else. I, I okay. do think this year, if nothing happens, he's going to be back in Indy. But I do think the Raiders could be the option. I don't think there's another team he's going to seriously consider. And again, you know, these are these are the words that came out of his mouth. I'm not going to just take any job. It's got to be the right job because you only get one chance at it. That That's something that he's really had ingrained in him from working with John Schneider in Seattle and from Chris Ballard in Indianapolis. You only get one shot. The Raiders have a lot to like, right? It's not just the brand new stadium. They got a great quarterback. They got some great playmakers on offense. They've got talent. That cupboard is not bare there. The question is, can he, can he see, can he align his, 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 his expectations and the process with Mark Davis. That's what we're going to have to see. But I can promise you, I, I do have a different feeling about this one, and it wouldn't stun me if he does take this job, if it, if it gets offered to him. Right, absolutely. Well, it's definitely got to get get offered to him. I know, like I said, a lot of Raider Nation is excited because he does have the Raider ties, and he's a guy that a lot of people across the league talk really highly about. And, you know, just reading your piece and, and just reading the way that he's never satisfied, it's almost like he's always looking for that challenge, but wants, again, the right challenge. You know, he doesn't want to just set himself self up for failure. So it feels like this challenge that the Raiders present and, of course, having the ties with the organization would be something he'd be up to, uh, again, if offered the opportunity. 
but uh, it'd be interesting to see what he'd do with that roster. I mean, you mentioned some of the playmakers that the team has. I mean, let's start with the quarterback. Does the quarterback that the Raiders currently have in Derek Carr, is that a guy that you think that, uh, that Dodds would like and appreciate? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium when Carr beat him a couple of weeks ago to, to, you know, expedite the Colts' playoff exit. Um, that, that's a big piece, but when you're taking over a team as a GM, that's the biggest question mark, right? No matter what team you're taking over. And, and if you have a guy in place, that's a huge head start, right? Because so many of these GMs have taken over one bad teams and two, you know, with draft picks. But without any stud quarterbacks coming out this year, and the Raiders are not like they're picking in the top five, mm-hmm. having Derek Carr is a huge head start. So I, I would be more appealed to take the job simply because of that. And, and again, you got Renfro, you got Jacobs. I mean, the Raiders, you got Waller. The Raiders have talent. They need to fix some things, but they've got talent. And I think they showed a lot late in the season under um, the head coach, the interim head coach who's going to interview. You know, there, there's potential there. there. This is a playoff team that he's taking over. Most of the time when you're a new GM, you're not taking over a playoff team. Right. No, that's true. That's one of the biggest things, even to the you know head coaching job. Like it's not a lot of folks say that the job may be a dysfunctional job or not appealing. I think exactly opposite. I think it's very appealing for every reason that you just said. And as far as trades go, is he a guy that you feel like is really aggressive? I know obviously the Colts went out and made the move for Carson Wentz, but is he a guy that you feel is pretty aggressive when it comes to trades and potentially bringing in some big time playmakers? Yeah, I think so. But I think where Dodds cut his teeth is, is with the draft. I okay. think he's a guy that's going to do what Schneider did and what Ballard did. And look, Ballard's under a little bit of heat in Indianapolis for not being more aggressive because the flaws that you know he didn't address in the offseason came back to bite the Colts late in the year. Again, they have made some big moves with DeForest Buckner and Carson Wentz, but I think Dodds is the guy that just crushes the draft. That's just my gut. Okay. Look, he lives for the draft. He loves the draft room. Those those couple months that they spend preparing for the draft, January, February, March, and April. I mean, these guys, I mean, Dodds runs the scouting department for the Colts. And so he's got these guys in this room for 12 hours a day. I mean, they will break for lunch and to go work out in the middle of the day, but he grinds these guys down. They watch a ton of tape and, you know, he won't even go into his office for months at a time because he's spending so much time in the film room with these guys debating prospects. So, that's really what he wants to do, and, and you don't get to do that necessarily all the time when you're a GM, right? You have to do all the other stuff. you got to deal with the media. you got to deal with the operations. you got to deal with the team, the coach. It's going to be a bit of a step up for him, and it's going to be a change, and I know that's something he's thought about a lot. But if he takes over in Las Vegas, I would expect him to double down on the draft and really try to build this team from the inside out. That's how it should be. It really should be. And, and we talk about it all the time on the radio station that the Raiders had all those draft picks from the Mac and the Cooper trades, and they really didn't get their money's worth out of it. Uh, I don't think anyone would ever say that they, they won those trades. I, I just don't see it with the lack of depth that they have. And sounds like something that uh, Dodds would really appreciate and really get his hands and fingerprints all over. Well, uh, this has been great, Zach. I do appreciate your time. Before I let you go, if he does, in fact, you know, get offered the job by the Raiders, if he does, in fact, take over, you're saying that this is going to be – uh, you feel like this is a pretty much of a home run hire for uh, for Mark Davis if they do land Dodds. Oh, I think Raider fans will love him, right? Raider fans love tough guys. He's going to keep it real. When he meets with the media, he's not going to tell you something that you didn't see. He's not going to lie to you. He's going to keep it real. There's no BS. Um, he's going to love some mash mouth football. I think Raider fans are going to love this guy if it indeed does happen. Right, no doubt. It's got to be a. It's got to happen first. But uh, sounds like it's uh, it's headed on a, in the right direction if uh, if all goes well. Well, Zach, thank you so much. You got anything coming out on the athletic that uh, folks should be on the lookout for? 
Yeah, a lot more on the Colts problem. I don't know if Raider fans care about that, but uh, the Colts <laughs> had plenty of issues late in the season. The Raiders were, were part of the reason, so it was fun to watch them make their run to the playoffs and watch Carr almost pull it out in Cincinnati. Almost. He almost got it done. I'll tell you, man, the AFC is going to be a problem for some years to come, isn't it? Man, some of those uh, young stud quarterbacks and, and all, all the yeah. things. Everything we saw this weekend was fantastic. So uh, good. Especially if you don't have a quarterback. Right. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Zach, great stuff on Twitter at Z Kiefer from The Athletic does a fantastic job. Thank you so much for your time, my man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. There he goes. That's Zach Kiefer from The Athletic covering the Colts like a glove. Again, on Twitter, at Z Kiefer. And here with us on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Real interesting conversation with Zach Kiefer from The Athletic we just had. Talking about Dodds. Got me a little fired up, not going to lie. DeMond came back with some Diddy. That's when you know that we're all fired up. Well, at least I'm fired up when he comes with Diddy. I'm okay with that. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, The Press Box. Also, Las Vegas Review Journal. He'll join us. Talk about what he saw this weekend. Talk about the Raiders, how far away they are. Any topic that we've been talking about. 702-365-9200. Talking about topics we've been talking about. ABA Ivan Davis, you're up. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Off top. Hey, man, thank you for the jumpsuits, man. Myself and DeMond got the jumpsuits. Now all we need is a basketball. We're ready to go, man. Appreciate you. Hey, how'd you like them? What you think of them? They're good, man. I like them. They're 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 uh, they're a good look, man. We're gonna have to, like I said, me and Demond look like a real deal basketball team. Now he don't look like someone who's gonna get on the court. He looks like he's gonna wear the sweatsuit the whole time. I'll take mine off because I'm gonna get on the court, but he'll still look good while he's sitting on the bench. <laughs> okay, uh, the two games that I would have chosen. Okay, uh, me personally, all the Raider games mean something to me. I, I would. No, no big one. I just for the fact that I was there would have been good. But if I was forced to choose, uh, definitely that Dallas Cowboy game. All expense paid. Oh yeah, right. Jerry, I would have loved what Thanksgiving too. I would have loved mm-hmm. to have been there and got some Madden and got some Madden turducken. Okay, and uh, the uh, the other game would have been that uh, Raiders uh, Chargers game for all the marbles in the playoffs to be at to yeah. be in that atmosphere at that time right i mean but me all of as long as the raiders are there i'd have been thrilled with uh with any of the games i heard that i heard that good stuff man good stuff thank you so much for that call i appreciate you and uh yeah that cowboy game would have been or it was a really i mean big game when you saw it on paper knowing that's a prime time game knowing it's thanksgiving the tradition that goes into that so that's that's a good one i think it was the most watched game right right exactly yeah it was it was and you know that's the the cowboys are going to get that nod all the time they're always going to get that kind of a a love nationwide but man uh, having the raiders in that game with them obviously made it that much bigger and then the way the style that the game went down the raiders finding a way to get the victory uh that was fantastic let's go out quickly to norcal raider what's on your mind my man welcome to the show Thank you. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I was just, you know, just listening to the conversation about, um, you know, the, about the game. Um, the game I'd probably want to go to would be, um, I want to go to Pittsburgh. You know, Ooh. They, got, they got famous food out there. You know, just, I like the environment, the cold weather. I love watching it on TV. We don't have that here in California. I just, I think Pittsburgh would be the place to go to. You know, they have a, they have a, a elite coach. I like their, I like their Mike Tomlin a lot. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorite coaches. Um, just, I would just love to go over there and just, 
you know, go hit up all these uh, restaurants and bars and, and enjoy <laughs> the game and enjoy the atmosphere. I like it. So what's the game? What's the game that you would go to after you saw all the results of the game? Um, I'd probably go to this, uh, the last game, week, <laughs> week 17. Right, right. Uh, yeah. At home. yeah, how could you not, right? <laughs> that's for a yeah. playoff yeah. a playoff game, and we all know how it shook out. So, yeah, that's a game that you have to be in attendance for. Uh, good stuff. All right, I appreciate you, my man. No doubt about it. Uh, let's get one more call in before we get Ed Graney to kick off hour number two. Let's talk to our guy, Shields. Up, oh, What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Q, how are we doing? Man, blessed. How are you doing? Good, man, good, man. I just want to make a little comment about um, Dodds. Okay. Um, I think he's going to be – I think he would be a great hire fit, man. I know he got the history with the Raiders. And also, I think – and um, I could be wrong, but he has history with Bradley as Seattle. Yeah. And he does have Seattle covers, ties. Yep. Yep, and I think he covers that cover three. So, and the one thing, the, the piece that, as a fan, I like to see is in place is um, to keep Bradley because that defense is, is, is playing good. We do have to do some re-signings of the interior line, but um, Dodds is Dodds sums up with me. Now the games, I live up in the Northeast, man. I'm 40, 50 miles outside Giant Stadium, mm. and uh, the game was November third. My birthday was the seventeenth. Yep. We were planning to go to the Giants game, um, so that's the game I would have gone to, but I couldn't go because my son, fortunately, played in his uh, youth football uh, playoffs. Nice. Yeah, and um, and uh, so, you know, I'll take that any day over, you know. So, uh, as far as the game to see, it would have been the Chargers game. Right. I mean, uh, the whole Madden thing, uh, the last game of the year, um, and uh, it, it, it would have, you know, it would have been great to see that. But um, that's it. That's all I got, man, and uh, Shields up. Thanks for taking my call, man. Hey, great stuff, my man. Great stuff. Great to hear from you. I like that. Uh, yeah, the Giants game, you didn't want to go to that after you saw the results of that one, right? Man, that was a stinker. Right, that was one that everyone. I, I remember sitting on my couch. My dad was at the house at the time. I sat on my couch, and kept thinking, "What in the hell did I just see? What was that I just witnessed?" So, yeah, that's one that you definitely didn't want to go to. And congratulations on having your son play in a playoff game. That's a that's even better anyway, man. You don't want to miss those uh, if you don't have if you if you can stop yourself from missing those. That's a great thing to do. I know I, lo- I missed a lot of little Q's basketball games uh, while he was growing up, and now I gotta watch his damn games over the internet or something, or watch it on YouTube. And you know, what I mean, it's just it just don't cut the same, man. So if you get that opportunity to watch those games while you can and watch them live and be there in person, make sure you do it. Great stuff. Two fifty seven is the time. We'll come back with Ed Granny. He'll kick off hour number two. This. Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.